And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and I'm your only host today, Nate. Uh, Tony, I don't know the fuck Tony's doing. He's not at work right now, but he's probably like jerking off or something know, or eating breakfast. So I am happy to be joined by the great Texercist. Uh, Tex, we've recorded, I don't know, at least once or twice before, and we've had audio issues in the past. So, Right. Um, we're doing it on StreamYard right now, and so I've always had success with StreamYard. Uh, Zoom, not so much, so... Hopefully this goes out. I mean, I think, dude, we were getting onto some heavy, cool ass shit last time. I'm pretty sure the powers that be squashed that shit. I don't know if we're that important or not, but maybe. <laughs> but text, yeah, seems to always happen with me, one way or another. There's always some some kind of glitch or something that um, happens. Yeah, coincidences, accidents. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, text. Uh, so I guess this is going to be officially your first time on the show. Um, I'm happy to have you here, brother. Do you want to introduce yourself to our audience a little bit and tell them where they can find you? Yes. Um, I'm, um, you can um, reach me at the, at my uh, podcast, the, um, let's see, Texasist podcast or uh, Texasist hyphen uh, podcast.com and uh, you can reach me on um, the uh, Texasist live on Spreaker or just do a, a, a Google search. I'm on like um, 250 different platforms. I've been on for this, this, this year it'd be three years. So um, it, it, um, it kind of uh, it took off, but then I had some health issues and still you know going through that. So, so for the last you know year and a half, it's been very limited what I put out. So, hopefully that'll change um, very soon. And um, it's um, it's just been a rough go, <laughs> yeah, say man. the least. I'm glad you're starting to feel better. I'm glad you're starting to you know see the light at the end of the tunnel, my friend. Thank you. I just hope it's not a train, you know. <laughs> uh, well, shit, man. Uh, I can't remember all the crazy shit that we had started talking about the last time because uh, we had General Lee with us. General Lee would have been with us today. He's having Internet issues. So, uh, man, I do remember us. Do, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? Because we, I'm trying to remember where where we started and how we got there. Text like um, we this all like culminated in you telling us about your insanely rare blood type and all kinds of crazy shit. Oh yeah, that's um, so fascinating. Yeah, I um, I um, of course. I mean, I've always been like a you know, whenever I was born, I mean, I was like a weird kid. You know, just different. You know, I always saw things. You know, differently outside of the box or, you know, whatever you want to say. And, um, it was, um, it was like, I've, I've, uh, you know, taken different, you know, tests, you know, now that, I've, uh, you know, like, you know, last 10, 15 years. And, um, what was, what was, you know, shocking was, is, is, um, is I would, um, you know, I mean, I scored, you know, pretty high on the, 
um, autistic, you know, spectrum, but it's the, you know, functioning. Um, and it's like, don't we all, man, like, <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure I'm autistic too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and it made sense, you know, because I mean, I had always just, you know, just, you know, seen things differently, you know, people, you know, saw me, you know, a bit different and everything. And, but then, um, back in, um, I got, you know, married in, um, 90, 97. And, um, and my wife and I at the time we were trying to have children and, you know, couldn't, she just had one miscarriage after another. So we went to see her fertility doctor, um, doctors and, uh, you know, geneticist and everything. And they, um, they, uh, you know, took our blood, you know, and, uh, you know, did, you know, genetic test and, um, hers, hers, you know, came back fine. Mine came back. They opened the, the test, test results and, uh, they were pretty shocked. And they said, um, said your blood type, they said, it's, it's very rare. And I said, how rare? And they said, the most rare. It turns out that 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 my blood type is RH null, which which there's only been um, been like 15 people since 1961 since it was discovered that's had that blood type, and I'm sitting there going, okay, um, I always knew I was different, but man, that's that's you know that's a little much. I mean, it's like there's like nine people on Earth that that have this blood type, and um, so then they open my you know genetic test, and they were sitting there, and he says, "I'm sorry," he said, "but your test has been compromised some way." I'm like, "Really?" He says, yeah, he says we're gonna have to do another test. He says, "I don't know how this happened." He says, "But this is just." He said, this has been um, compromised. He said, it's just, you know, it's just all over the place. He said, so he says, we'll do another one. We'll get things straightened out. And he says, and then you can come back next week and we'll have the, you know, results. So we went back and it was, it was the, was this, you know, doctor and wife. They were both doctors. It was a team. Their nurse and this, um, this, uh, you know, guy that was um their you know mentor was a geneticist in Chicago that they were in contact with and everything. And um they they uh, you know called him or they faxed him back then for the really, really, you know, difficult questions or whatever. And um so they so they opened my test results and every one of them jumped back in their seats. I mean it was like they saw the devil or you know i mean it's like something really scared them especially the nurse she actually she gasped out loud and her eyes just got real big and i said what is it and uh you know meldar he says oh nothing i said no i said i saw that i said i saw you and i pointed to the nurse and i said i saw you i said what scared you and she wouldn't tell me she wouldn't tell me and he says um um he said this this makes no sense. He says, I've never seen anything like this. And I said, what? And he says, 
your test results are the same. He said, this, this can't be. And I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, you don't know me. Oh, yeah, I can be. <laughs> and so he says, do you mind if we take like 30, 45 minutes? He said, I'm going to you know, send your test results to our mentor in Chicago. And this guy was older, you know. I mean, I say older. I mean, I'm in my 50s now. So he was 60. You know, back then he was older. And um, so, so they sent it to him. And, uh, you know, when they came back, they said, um, I said, well, what, what's the answer? And he says, well, he says, I have to admit to you. He says, when we sent it to him, he said he called us and said, that's good, you know. Says, but you didn't get me. And he says, what? Is, he says, you're joking. And he says, no, this is no joke. He said, no. He said, you know. He said, it's a joke. He says, you can come clean with me. He says, no. He says, I swear. He says, this is no joke. He says, the man whose test results you have is sitting in my office right now with his wife waiting for some answer. And he said that he, that the geneticist told him, said, if this is not a joke, then the one sitting in your office is not a man. Now, when you hear that, when you hear some shit like that, I mean, I was sitting there and I'm like, this is like a dream. I mean, it's like something you would dream, you know, but it was, I mean, it was real. And, and my wife's looking at me like, is there something you haven't told me? And, uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, you knew I was different when I married you, you know? And, um, which was one of the things that, you know, that attracted her, her to me, you know, was because, you know, I was different. And, uh, but I'll tell you, man, when that happened, the atmosphere in the room changed completely. I mean, they were no longer friendly, they were no longer, you know, the handshaking and the, you know, closeness was not there. They kept their distance from me. And I swear they all three of them were looking at me like they were looking at an alien gray or something sitting there. It was, well, was, no, longer, was no more smiles, no more um, hospitality. I mean, it was like I was a threat to them and they were they were afraid of me. And it's like so. So I just told ask him because he was the only one talking the other two the nurse and his wife they just went silent i mean they they just went silent and all they could do was stare and i'm thinking okay what are they seeing that i'm not seeing you know and um he said um he said your blood type is the most rare in the world you know and he started explaining it to me he says you can your blood he says, can be trans, transfused, can be transferred to anyone, even animals. He says, but you can only receive your type of blood. He said, so if you were in an accident or something, he says, you would be screwed unless you've banked your blood. And I said, well, I don't, I said, well, I don't plan on, you know, being in any accident. And, yeah. Well, nobody <laughs> you know. plans on accidents. <laughs> right, right, right. I was was being funny when I said that, you know, trying to break the ice, you know. And uh, but he said, um, 
He said, yeah, he said, it would be a good idea for you to do that. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but, you know, what if I did it and, uh, you know, my blood went missing or something, you know, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be good. So, um, so he said, um, this was like, this was like I was in the twilight zone or, you know, uh, I was expecting Rod Serling to step out and say, yes, Shane Moore is, does, has no idea the shit he's in right now. <laughs> you know? At any moment, soldiers with, wearing hazmat suits are going to bust through the walls with rifles and take him in. I'm like, yeah, that was another thing. That's what made us leave finally. But, uh, which, which I mean, after, after what, what the doctor told me from a distance, I told my wife when he left the room again, I said, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. I said, it would not surprise me. I said, if in a few minutes, I said, if, you know, men, you know, soldiers came in with you know, hazmat suits or whatever, I said, heavily armed and told me to, that I was going to go with them. And she said, yeah, she said, I'm not feeling too comfortable either. So we left. But, but. Good what, call, man. I but, don't trust that kind of shit. No. And what, what he told me was, is he said, I said, what, what is the deal? And he says, the deal is, he says, you've got the most rare blood type. He says, but compared to your genetic test, your genetic markers and makeup, he says, your blood test is, he said, is nothing compared to that. And I, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, what do you mean? He says, what I mean is, and he started, you know, just beating around the bush. And I said, you can tell me, I can, you know, I can take it, you know, just tell me. And he says, okay. He says, there is no medical, there's no biological, and there's, there's no science, known scientific pieces by all biological, medical, and scientific standards. He says, there is no way that you could be um, classified as human. He says, now you look human. He says, but I'm talking about, he says, your genetics, what you're made of. He said, it's simply not human. He says, because he says, there's no way that I can even make anything out of your two test results. And he says, and they're both identical. He said, it's like, like everything has been twisted and turned. And he said, and upside down and inside out. And I, I said, okay. I said, so I said, if I'm not human, I said, then what am I? And keep in mind, this is a doctor I'm talking to, you know, it's like, like, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. He's uh, he, he and his wife, they're, they're the leading, uh, you know, fertility doctors in the world. I mean, they treat people from all over the world. This is in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. And so, I mean, this guy's not a novice. And he said, I said, well, if I'm not human, then what am I? And he looked at me and he says, we, we simply don't know. He said, but I have never, he said, I've never seen anything like this. And I said, so I said, so I can't have children. And he says, no, you can have children. He says, but only with a woman like you. And he said, and that would be like finding one grain of sand in all the 
beaches of the world. And I said, so you're telling me that I can't have children. And he says, well, unless you find a woman like you. And so that's, that, that's the most painful thing about it is because of that, I was never able to have children. I'm sorry, Tex. Yeah, that sucks. They, um, they, they, uh, you told me that, that the, um, that, that it is usually, I get this, you know, it's like, it's like I'm the first one that they have ever encountered. And, and I have looked this up online for, for years and years and years trying to find some, some story, some experience like mine, but I've never found it. It is always the woman who is, who is, um, RH negative that, um, that, that when a positive man impregnates her, um, her, her body will usually, uh, you know, terminate the pregnancy if she doesn't get Rogam shots to, to, you know, counteract it. But, but there are, there are men that are RH negative that impregnate women who are RH positive and there's no problem. Uh, you know, but with me, they told me, they said, they said, any woman that you impregnate, they said, her body is going to terminate that pregnancy because it, it will, it will view the fetus as foreign, as alien. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't have to use that word, you know, but then I looked at my, at my genetic results, and it says origin unknown. Um, it says origin unknown alien slash alien. And I'm thinking, do you have to keep using that word? You know, it's like, yeah, probably, you know, the medical term for unknown would be alien. But in this case, do you have to really use that term because I was already feeling like an alien gray or, you know, it's like, man, but yeah, that's, um, there's, there's, you know, been, you know, a lot of other, you know, things that have happened that it's just, it's just very, very strange. And, um, there's a, um, there's this, um, I get project, this, you know, government project supposedly, and I don't know what to make of it, but, um, there's, there's not much about it online, but it's called project Oak tree. And that's where, um, that's where the government supposedly, um, keeps tabs on people that have RH negative or RH null blood. And, and the reason is, is because, um, this was, this was, you know, said that, that it was because they, they um, thought that these people were the descendants or had the lineage of the Nephilim spoken of in the Bible, Genesis 6. Well, see, this is where I was going to move to next and talk to because uh, maybe this blood type isn't as rare as they say it is. Um, maybe it's only found in certain family trees, you know, 
Uh, so maybe this, so I've definitely heard this, right? So you know how like the whole 23 and me, that whole, those genetic tests that they're, that they're those giving are everybody. Fronts. Those they're are fronts. fronts. Yeah, absolutely. By mega fucking crazy corporations that are tied to the government, like tied CIA, to DARPA and the CIA. NSA. Exactly. And so it's not necessarily that they're, you know, they're not like trying to tell you where you are, or, you know, where you're from or this or that. They're trying to get a database on people and they're looking for something. You know, they're they're looking for certain genetic markers, certain ties, or maybe even a specific person. And I'm not saying you are Jesus, <laughs> the exorcist, right. clearly, but uh, right. just they're looking for someone or something. Well, and so there's so many interesting questions that we can ask ourselves about this. So, um, I, yeah, like you said, so if if so, so this is where I get anyways. Sorry, you go ahead. And because I have so many thoughts. I'm sorry. Well, ahead, um, well, well uh, my uh, my my father is is B positive and my mother is is um, is a a a positive, but they could both have the recessive you know, gene, the, in uh, the, you know, negative persistence. But as far as the null, now that's, that's, that's very, you know, it's very, very strange. I mean, it's very, well, I mean, I told you there's only been like less than 15 people since 1961 when it was discovered. But what, what, what happened during, during my childhood when I was like in first grade, I can remember these, these two men that would come to our house and they said that they were from the, um, from the, the uh, school for, you know, I was like in gifted classes and stuff, you know, and um, with the magnet program, which later turned out, you know, 20 years later, it came out that the magnet program was a CIA front to keep tabs on, gifted children you know special children you know that were that that showed a high level of intelligence and imagination and everything so but they were always dressed the same they weren't like men in black they they wore like brown suits but they would always come in the you know same car to my house and they'd come in and they would say okay you know we've got you know uh, these coloring books for for shane you know and um and even at that age, I could see that there would be one that would be talking to my mom and one that would be watching me, wouldn't take his eyes off of me. And I'm thinking, okay, um, these, these guys are not on the up and up. And even at that age, you know, as a little boy, I'm sitting there going, yeah, you think you're observing me, but I'm observing both of you. I know what's up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> One of you's taking notes, like mental notes of everything I'm doing, and one of you has my mom distracted, and you know, and then they started showing me these, you know, coloring books. And even at that age, I was like, "Yeah, that's about as interesting to me as watching a snail crawl." You know, I don't want to color those books, you know, and everything. So they said, "Well, if you color these, and you stay in the lines," and um, they said. Then when we come back next week, you can you can choose what prize you get, what reward you get. And there were like these little cameras and little dinky things, you know, like telescopes and stuff, you know, that I 
And I was thinking, yeah, I really don't want any of those things. You know, it's like, so, so what happened was when they would leave, my mother would color the books. <laughs> I never touched them. And they'd come back and they'd be, oh, that's good. That's good. What do you want? I'd be like, I don't care. You know, maybe the camera or whatever. And so, but later, this was in 2008. Get this, 2008. I'm online and I'm doing research on, um, I'll, I'll just say portals, interdimensional portals. And, you know, it's like, are those real? Yeah, they're real and they're not real, you know. And that's that's one thing that I have have come come to learn, come to find out, is that with so much of this, it is real, but it's not real. It's simultaneously simultaneously real and unreal, because we have been indoctrinated to view everything as physical. And I've got news for you. You're not physical. I'm not physical. No one's physical. And nothing on this earth is physical. Earth itself is not physical. Um, and I'll get back to that later if you'll remind me. I mean, but, um, but the spiritual is, or um, that's, that's just a word for non, non-physical is what I'm trying to say. It is real. So if someone asks me, do portals exist? Yes, they do. But as far as what you view as physically, no, they don't. Because like if you went to a portal and you entered it, your body would not, would not go through the portal. You would, but your body wouldn't. Your physical body wouldn't. Now, I don't know how to explain that. Um, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know how to explain that, but it has something to do with, with your consciousness. Now, if, if, if we hadn't been indoctrinated to believe that we're physical, then I believe that what we believe is physical would go through it. But because we see, we view ourselves as being solid, as being physical, that's left behind and the consciousness goes through. But, you know, more on that later. But I was, I was um, researching these, you know, portals around the planet and everything. And um, there's, there's 12 that I'm, you know, found or, learned of and then there's a 13th that's like the master portal that um get this the portal that controls all the other portals now think about that in the lord of the rings there was the one ring that controlled all the other rings it's always 12 and one isn't that interesting that that is it's always 12 and one it's always 13 and one one always has to go, but it returns. Um, in the Old uh, New Testament, Joseph, the coat of many colors, Joseph, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob, Joseph was sold by his brothers. 
sold into uh, slavery. And um, then then they they went to Egypt and they found out Joseph was still alive. So he came back. And then you 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 have Jesus and the 12 disciples. Jesus had to go crucified, but then he came back. There's it's it's always the 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 um, the greatest one. It's always the most you know spiritual one, the most um, anointed one, or you know that's that goes away, but they come back, and um, that's that's what I uh, you know this this you know portal, the uh, you know thirteenth portal is just like the you know, zodiac. There's there's the there's the 12 and then there's always the invisible which is Ophiuchus the serpent handler and it's between the um you know, Sagittarius and um Capricorn I believe or maybe Scorpio uh but it's uh, you know one of those that um and it just so happens that I was born December 2nd so guess what? I'm Ophiuchus. If you count the thirteenth, you know zodiac, the hidden zodiac, and um, but in 2008, I was doing this, you know, researching these portals, and you know, I wasn't thinking, and I had them like backed up in tabs, you know, and next thing I know, I watched my laptop go go dark from top to bottom. It just goes black. And my cell phone rang, and it said, "said um, on um, hidden number, whatever it says, you know." And um, so I answered it because I thought, "Man, that's so weird." Because my it went it was like black goo, just you know, it was like a line, but it was just it went slowly like molasses, you know, and just ooh, and just went off. And then my cell phone rang exactly. And I'm thinking, damn, am I in the Matrix? Because, you know, when Neo's sitting there at the computer and his computer goes off and then his cell phone rings, just like that. And there again, I'm thinking, this is like I'm in a dream, you know? So I answered, so I grabbed, you know, and I answered it, you know, and I said, hello. And I says, Mr. Moa, be know what you're doing. And I'm like, what in the hell? It's like three o'clock in the morning, you know? And this, person got this German accent, really strong, really heavy German accent. And I said, what I'm doing? I said, I'm not doing anything. I said, ha ha, you know, funny, funny. She said, this is no joke. And um, I said, well, <laughs> yeah, right. I said, who is this? And he says, this is Special Agent Frankfurt. And I almost like, cracked up, you know. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. I said, but, you know. And then he says, they're not joking. And I said, and there was something in his voice. I could just tell that this guy, this dude was not joke. I mean, he was the real deal, you know? And so I said, okay, give me your credentials. And boom, 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 boom. He named them off, you know, his clearance, his number, um, and uh, all kinds of shit. You know, I'm like, okay. I said, and he says, um, says, we can be on your doorstep in 10 minutes and take you in. 
And I said, well, come on. And to this day, I don't know why I said that. I was, I was like, oh, man, why did I say that, you know? And he says, I said, but you and I both know that we don't want that. And he says, yes, you're, you're correct. And I'm like, okay, how did that ever happen, you know? Like, what's the deal here? And so I asked him again. I said, could you give me your, uh, you know, credentials again? And boom, 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 he named them off. And there was, he, he was spot on. I mean, exactly. And I said, are you with the government? I said, are you with, you know, the lettered agencies? And he says, oh, no, no, no. He says, we have no name. He says, and he says, we're not, you know, not part of the government. He says, think bigger. And, you know, what he meant by that was global. And um, I'm, I'm like, man, how did I get into this? And he says, what are you doing looking up, up what you're looking up? And I said, I was just trying to find a vacation spot and everything. He says, no, no, you aren't. We know what you're doing. We've been monitoring you for a very long time. And I started thinking back to that school when I was like first grade and that's, that's part of it is that magnet program. And that's what he meant. And I'm thinking, Oh man. And he told me my mother's name, her maiden name. He told me my social security number. He told me blah, blah, everything that only, you know, you know things that I would only know, you know, and have, and it was like he was going through a file, and I could hear a lot of sound like computers and some kind of machinery in the background, and I could hear other, um, you know, people talking this German accent. And um, I said, "So, are you the only one?" He says, "No." He says, "We have Special Agent Berlin, Special Agent Munich." And I said, "Oh, so you got your names from, you know, um, German cities?" I said, "Wow, that's original one." Um, he says, we just want to make sure you're keeping your nose clean. And I'm like, yeah. I said, well, you know, why aren't you out, you know, harassing somebody else? And he says, well, because you know much more than the average citizen. I'm like, well, okay. And um, so so there was a lot more said. But anyway, he, he, uh, he told me, he says, um, says um, keep your – keep your nose clean he says we just had to make sure that 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 you're you know that you're towing the line or something you know now he says but we'll be seeing you in the future and i said i know and i don't know why i said that and he hung up and my computer came back on so that's um that's that's really something that sticks with you <laughs> for a long time and um just you know, knowing that they can basically get to you anytime, any place they want. I mean, so that's fascinating, man. Um, so it, this whole thing is super interesting and fascinating with uh, with with your genetics and things because, like, I I go back and forth with like the whole alien thing with the whole like. All, all of these different things, because I feel like this is all sort of a simulation. 
I feel like uh, this is generally where my mind goes that like uh, any type of um, alien or you know, so a sort of interdimensional beast or it's, it's interdimensional. I feel like we can't physically get to uh, these other places um, with like, I feel like a lot of it is like um, inside of ourselves. Like I think that right. we can connect to these places and like, maybe the portal is right here, you know, or right here. Exactly. Um, but what is fascinating is like having your genetics be basically alien proves that there has to be something physical to this. Right. That's, right. that's super fascinating because like, so at one time, and so maybe that was the garden of Eden or like before, like when, when uh, maybe, so maybe the garden of Eden was not necessarily exactly what it says in the Bible or, you know, something like that. But let's, exactly let's right. talk about it in a way that like, that was a time when the veils were thinner Maybe that's when the spiritual or like the other dimensions could touch here physically, because I, I find it fascinating. The idea that like because they they say that the watchers or the, those angels who I'm convinced of are interdimensional um, right. or, or in a different dimension um, were able to physically, you know, have sex with women here and have babies. Um, well, and well, so. Um, well, um. Well, uh, you know, one thing about the the uh, Garden of Eden, and you're spot on about that, is that it says, and God planted a garden in the east of Eden. Well, the east is always on the right, which mm -hmm. is the right hemisphere of your brain, which is the, it's, it's the spiritual, it's the artistic, it's the, it's the, it's the loving, the forgiving, the, uh, you know, um, musical, the left brain is, is the, is the monitoring, the judgmental, the rule keeping. And it's the, it's the, you know, direct opposite of the right brain. And just like when, you know, Jesus was on the cross, it says that Jesus, that the, that the thief, we get this on the, the thief on the left side said, he deserves the same thing that we're getting. And the thief on the right said, no, he doesn't. He's done nothing wrong. You know, shut your mouth and leave him alone. And Jesus looked at the thief on the right and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's talking about the right brain and left brain. That's fascinating, man. I mean, I, I just, it gives me an idea as far as like, because I know I, they've backed off of this now. But for the longest time, like for most kids, if they were showing any inclination to be left handed, they'd get their hands smacked. And right. They would force them to use their right mm -hmm. hand, mm -hmm. which well, is connected um, to the left brain. Right. The left side um, of your brain. And so it, they didn't want. I mean, you know, they, they can say different things well, like, well, the world was made for right handed people. Well, but maybe actually, there's something deeper to that. Actually, the. Actually, what is deeper about that is that when you're left, the the left-handed people are said to be in their right mind because it it crosses. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe if they were using their left hand, they didn't want them to tap into their right brain. 
Exactly. That's exactly my thoughts. Yeah. And um, they didn't want any of that. But, but, um, but with, with, uh, you know, Jesus on, on the cross between the two thieves, this is something that, that, that has boggled my mind since I was like a teenager is if, if, if you read Roman history, tell me where you find where the uh, punishment for you know, stealing was, you know, capital death. I mean, you know, the death penalty, it's not there, but the Bible says plainly that they were thieves. The reason is, is the writers wrote that so people would say, wait a minute, you mean they're killing them for stealing stuff? That makes no sense. You're right, it doesn't. That's why we wrote it like that, so people would would dig deeper and find out that, yeah, that's talking about the thieves of 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 your your left brain, right brain, your or more more than that your right eye and your left eye what you see what you lust after what you want and what's what's you know put in front of you those are the thieves hmm. and um but jesus said to the thief on the right today you'll be with me in paradise he didn't say that to the to the, the thief on the left and what that tells me is that heaven or paradise is a state of mind yeah, that's a fascinating concept. Like, as I've had that conversation with people, especially, you know, like, I think that there is a lot to Gnosticism, but the whole idea that, like, this is a prison planet and we're stuck in hell right now, mm. I'm like, I'm like, man, this is a pretty awesome hell if this is hell. This is a pretty fantastic prison. I mean, because in this, and so that maybe goes you know, to an outlook. Right. And that's well, like what you make of it. Because right. to me, I live in fucking, I, I live in a beautiful area. I've, I get to plant like fruit trees in my backyard. Mm. Uh, I get to, you know, like, dude, there's, I'm, I'm like 10 minutes from a river. Like I love this place. Mm. I love it here. You can make this place heaven or you can make this place hell. Mm-hmm. And and we are we are programmed from birth to make it hell. <laughs> are we? Well, well, well. Uh, you know when the Bible says, you know, the original sin, or um, or uh, you know, we were born in sin. Um, it it has nothing to do with with a literal sin. What that means is is that when we're born, when when every person's born. Their left brain is dominant, and what, what, what is it's it is ego driven, and um, what the what the key is 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 you have to have to um, to get to a point to where that you take the right brain, the spirit, to where the ego is put into submission to the spirit because when you're born the ego is the uh, your spirit is in submission to the ego and when the uh, bible uh, talks about satan um the uh, you know satan is not a name 
it's a word. It's a Hebrew word meaning adversary or accuser, but mainly adversary. Okay. The Satan is Ha Satan in Hebrew, and it means, you know, the adversary. And the uh, Jewish rabbis um, will tell you in a heartbeat that Satan adversary can be any adversary. It can be the IRS. It can be the government. It can be your job, your boss, whatever. But the Satan that people say, well, that's the devil. That's, you know, that's the one out to destroy mankind. Well, yes and no, but it's not what people think. The adversary is the ego, that me, 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 that part of us that wants me first, wants my pleasure, wants to feed me, wants to give me my desires. And well, that concept of the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so it's that constant battle between the two. That's right. And it is when it, when the uh, Bible says your adversary, the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, that's true. Your ego, if it's unchecked, if, if it's not kept in control, it will destroy you. You know, it's fascinating text. Think it. So rethink about that story of Jesus uh, in the desert for 40 days. And at the end of that, he is having to choose like Satan, the Satan comes to him and is making him choose. He's like, I could give you all this wealth and power if you will worship me, if you will worship the ego, if you will. his own ego. Yeah. And he said, no. It's not worth it. Like, right. he goes, I, what is it? What is it worth? I, you know, that I get all of these things and then I forfeit my soul in the, you know, right. that and, is, that's an and, interesting thing. If you look through the Bible through that lens, you, uh, you start looking. Yeah. It's fascinating to relook through the Bible with that lens. Once the, huh. um, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, Bible talks about the key of David, like in Psalms or something like that, but, but it, uh, reference it says the key of David, you know, once you have that or whatever. And um, what the deal is, is, is when you think about it, what does a key do? It unlocks. And I believe that that is, that is talking about the key that unlocks what is written in scripture to where you see it for what it is. And you can decipher it, and you can tell, you can, you can cut through all the, all the metaphors, all the symbolism, all the allegories, and you get the real, you know, truth. Uh, uh, because I mean, like if you read it on, uh, you know, face value, it's it's a fairy tale. I mean, plain and simple, it's a fairy tale. I mean, but if you dig and you go deeper and you, you know, search these things out, you'll, you know, find the, you know, treasure and it's powerful. It's very powerful. Um, like, like it, it, it holds, you know, truths that are so advanced that that is the only way that they could be, uh, you know, passed on is by 
these you know parables and these stories and these metaphors and because like like they shot from the hip and just you know told us we wouldn't get it it would go over our heads you know and um but um that's that's you know, I, I, you know really something about the temple when uh, you know jesus was in the you know wilderness and and it says you know that the devil came to him and said you know these stones become uh, you know, turn these stones into bread. You know, you're hungry. Well, that's the physical, you know. And then, um, then he says, you know, take yourself up on the, um, uh, you know, throw yourself down from the temple, uh, you know, and you'll draw people on, uh, to you. That's, you know, fame, you know. And then the last was fortune, you know. And so it was like, like the three main things of the ego that feed the ego. And, um, so that's 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 powerful it really is yeah man that's fascinating do you want to circle back now you were talking about the world that we live in isn't physical but spiritual oh right well um uh, you know it's um um the the um let's see it was einstein uh, you know talked about einstein and um Schrodinger and um, they they all basically they got down to uh, you know uh, you know Schrodinger's cat you know it's like like uh, you know if he's in a box and and there's a you know, cyanide capsule that 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 can break but but you don't know if it's broken or not and it's released that whether or not the cat well, the cat is not dead or alive until it's observed. It's like, you know, literally, I mean, if you think about it, is the cat dead or is the cat alive? Well, until you open the box, until you lift the box, it's it's both, really. It's both dead and, and alive. And that's, that's pretty deep, but it's true. Um, and so... So, you know, Schrodinger was saying, saying your consciousness has has so much power that until until that box is lifted, that cat is both alive and dead. And um, only when you open it, does does it um, become real, you know, dead or alive. Okay, well, Einstein was um, was uh, talking about the uh, double slit experiment where they shot, you know, light particles um, through through this uh, you know, steel plate that had two you know, slits in it, and they noticed that that the uh, that the particles seemed to be choosing which slit it was going to go through and uh, just like it had a you know like it was making a choice and so this this went back to Einstein and he says there can never be a test can never be an experiment that is not compromised he said you know he said, you're never going to do it and he says the reason is is because the observer, the act of observing it, affects the outcome. 
your consciousness affects the outcome of any test, of any experiment. And um, so it wasn't the you know, particles, uh, the waves that were that were becoming particles and vice versa that were having conscious thought or, you know, con- making conscious decisions. It was the observers that, you know, they didn't realize they were doing it. And when, when you look up and uh, we're all told, we're all taught atoms make up the world. Everything's made of atoms. You, me, couch, the wall, houses, the earth itself made up of atoms. Okay. But if you do an in-depth uh, uh, you know, research and study on the atom, you'll find that the atom is 99.99% empty. Matter of fact, it's even more than that because um, it, it cannot even be actually classified as being uh, solid or even existing because they they actually they're so they're 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 so empty that they sometimes they go they disappear and reappear and they phase in and out right and yeah. when they do i believe that they're going to other dimensions and then they're you know they're returning just for like a split second or whatever, but still, when you think about it, how how does something become? How does a board or a brick? How how is that solid when every when what it's made of is ninety nine point nine nine percent empty? It's because when let's say your your uh, you know couch for instance or 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 the wall behind you. When you're not observing it, it's it's not there. It is not there, and or or it is a it is a probability. It's um it's a possibility, and it's it's there as waves. It's there as like a blueprint, but. Until you turn around and observe it, then it becomes particles. Then it becomes solid. It's just like a video game. And I, I, uh, you know, remember being in you know, San Antonio on uh, va- vacation back in like '99, and they they had the first virtual, you know, reality games where you put the headset on and everything. And I remember. And, you know, playing that for like five minutes, it was like $25 to do it. And I, it was so cool. You know, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And so I was walking and I turned around really fast. And when I did, it was, it was blank, but then it quickly filled in with pixels, you know, you know, filled in, you know, to make the, the, uh, you know, game, you know, the virtual game. And so I was telling the guy about it, you know, afterwards, and he says, yeah, he said, said, um, said, this is a, this is a really vast game. And he says, when, when one, you know, section's not being played or not being observed, he said, it, it, um, 
it you know shuts off you know shuts down but when when it's played or when it's entered he said it activates and you know and later on when i read this you know about the about the observer making uh you know basically you make it real i'm thinking that's just like that virtual reality game like you know i turned around too fast and it had to fill in but it filled in because if it's not being played then it shuts down to conserve energy power that's fascinating man and our our consciousness and our belief in this being a physical place are is that what makes this a physical place when i turn around and now this wall exists mm-hmm. that's fascinating dude dex this has been a fucking fascinating conversation we need to do it again i'm sorry i gotta run to church right now <laughs> no problem uh Tex, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, let's thank definitely do this me. again. Yeah, dude, I could pick your brain for hours. Dude, <laughs> well, uh, this is a fun fucking <laughs> Well, I'd I definitely enjoy deep, deep conversation and anytime. Thank you, sir. I very much appreciate it. Tex, I hope you're feeling better. I'm so glad you were able to record with us. And uh yeah, man, you were welcome on anytime. And if you need anything, holler at me. Okay. So same same with you, brother. All right, man. I'm going to hit the outro. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye.